1: Hi, and welcome to the official Good Morning Football Podcast. I'm Will Selvin, and here are the best moments from this week so far at the breakfast table. With week four in the books, we're officially a quarter through the 2018 NFL season. So let's find out what the breakfast table thought about some of the biggest games from this
2: week. I'm going with the Baltimore Ravens. Um, You know, last week I was talking about the Steelers, and I said, with everything going on, this is it. The Steelers are going to go out there and self-correct. Antonio Brown is going to be a monster. He's going to dominate the game. I was looking for him to put up 250, and they were going to kind of walk off the field saying, okay, now we're on the right track. But it wasn't. You know it was on the right track? The Baltimore Ravens. Offensively, but more importantly, defensively. I hit up our super producer researcher, Matt Hamilton, before the show. And I said, hey, man, let me know how many times they blitz. Because in my mind, watching the game, how much duress Big Ben was under and how they were just swarming all over their wide receivers and pass catchers, the Ravens had the blitz 80% of the time. And he says, no, their blitz rate this season is 20%, mm. which means, one, when they do blitz, they get home. But two, more importantly, the linebackers, safeties, and corners are we're doing a done. tremendous job job on the back end. And then more importantly, though, on third down, that's the biggest thing that stood out to me is when those big plays were there for the Steelers to have ha- happen. 12 third downs, they only converted two of those. So you're talking about 27% of the time. these guys shut them out gonna, in the second half in their building. They got busy defensively. And what have we talked about all offseason? season? What have the Baltimore Ravens been doing over the past couple of years? Building up their defense, try to remind us of the old dominant Ravens defenses mm. from the past.
3: They're on a historic pace on offense. The best start to a season the Flacco's ever had, averaging over 300 yards a game to start 2018. Uh, I'm looking at those Titans taking down the Super Bowl champs. So they beat the Jags in Week 3, and it was kind of an ugly game. It was a low-scoring game. There's a lot of firepower in the league, so it was a little bit glazed over. And c- people on the team even noticed that. Tiffany Blackman sent out this tweet just last night, if we can take a look, about Taylor Luan saying I appreciate how candid he is. He told me people got to start realizing there are 32 teams in this league, not just 31. The Titans don't get any credit. We just beat the Jags and the defending Super Bowl champs. So I'd appreciate a little love for the boys. Mm. Well, here's some love for the guys who drink beer out of fish down yeah, at good. Nashville Catfish. Preds games. Uh, it is 3-1. Is the record now it's not always pretty. This team is absolutely relentless, they do not let up, and then somehow they've taken down these two juggernauts week to week. You got to love teams that can beat you in different ways not just through the air, not just on the ground, not just defensively. Listen, it was our defense that beat Borals in Jacksonville week three. This week, a little bit more a complete team. The defense brought it on our Landry with a ridiculous strip sack, we'll get to that later this week. Bayard was a monster, but it's all about the offense in week four. Corey Davis broke out for a buck 61 and a touchdown. He's got the size, he's got the speed, he's a big play problem for defenses. And he can just, like you said in the highlight, lob it up, go get it. Mm-hmm. Go get it, Corey Davis, there and he guys. wins in contested situations. They need him to step up without Delaney Walker. Richard Matthews doesn't want to be there, he's not getting the target. Corey Davis, congratulations to you on stepping up and seizing the moment. Also, uh, their all-pro right tackle, Jack Conklin, is back. And they've got Luan on the other side. They can protect Mariota, who looked so much more productive than he's looked in the past. It's
4: cool.
5: They take on the personality of their head coach. Don't
4: they, they do. Yeah. I love that. They, look they, look just,
3: they won't lose. They I just know. won't let it happen. It's
5: incredible. Yeah. Speaking of head coaches, because we're going to get into Vrabel and some of those yeah. decisions which are awesome. I love <laughs> the way they played yesterday against the Eagles. They left it all out there. Um, John Gruden hasn't won a game going into yesterday. 3,591 days, and I know Browns fans at home are freaking out, saying, the refs stole that game. You were up eight with a minute 20 left to go. Talk about the refs it. did not steal that Talk game. Talk about it. The Raiders won that game. I know there were a couple controversial calls, but I look at this team. Jared Cook, age 31, having a huge game. Marshawn Lynch, 32, having a huge game. Jordy Nelson's 33, having a huge game. Reggie Nelson steals the game at 35 years old, and Brett Musburger's on the call at 79 years old. So oh, this Raiders team might not be as young and flashy as what the Browns were bringing. This Raiders team yesterday was gritty, they were fun, and they found a way on that old baseball field. I mean, it is like like we're watching a yeah. team from the mid 80s and somehow they're fine and I think a lot of these guys played in the mid 80s I, I think they did too <laughs> but look this is the thing about the Raiders and I'm gonna just be quick with it they were winning week one 13 to 10 they were winning week two 12 to 12 nothing and they're winning week three 10-7 at halftime and they wow. lost all those games Raiders are a team uh-huh. and they will be reckoned with and I love Big the way bat. they found a way to they win. might be this is what Musburger said they had to just finish baby they, <laughs> did. Ah. they finished I'm telling you Browns I know the refs were were tough See, on that one sir.
4: But I'll tell you what, we'll get Oakland, it. they got their way to like the Chargers Oakland. next week. I'm looking at the Raiders, and especially to double back to the Titans beating the Eagles. We did something the whole offseason. We were kneeling at the church of the NFC. We had this idea where the NFC versus the AFC is like the NBA West versus the East, or SNL versus Mad TV, right. or like the Captain Crunch versus the Colonel Crackle on the yeah. bottom shelf. <laughs> Let me tell you something. The AFC ain't bleeping, messing around. Tell me the it. team that you want to play this weekend. Just Of these teams, who are you like, oh, thank God we're playing them. Is it the Chiefs? The Patriots? The Jaguars? Mm. The Bengals? Mm. The Titans? Mm. The Ravens? Mm. The Broncos tonight? The AFC is loaded. And I know, Peter, for a fact, I know that you hate the AFC. You're extremely, <laughs> Peter, you yeah. work for Fox. You hate, hate the AFC, yeah. and it's a fact. You are objectively against the I AFC. I hate the AFC. <laughs> I'm here to tell you, though, that they are fantastic. I would take, right now, the AFC, I think, is better than the NFC. Oh. You can take your Rams. Who's your champion? You can have your Rams. Oh. Who else you got? I will run in the ring with the AFC. I know you hate oh. it, Peter. I hate but it. I, I know you do. I hate oh. the AFC. <laughs> constantly talking about how much you hate it. But <laughs> I'm going to go to the AFC. The NFC the
3: homes.
2: is
4: Bro, I'm a home, like, You love Mahomes, but, Peter, like you're I very flicking about it. I love nah, the Browns. Nah. I'll go AFC. Those I love that
5: guys. AFC game on Fox. Raiders. Brown.
4: Hey, it was amazing. It, it was great. That's it true. Was. I scoring
3: <laughs> game, 45 points on the Browns Wild uh, AFC. They're I mean, loaded. Well, what is your big takeaway, Kyle?
4: I'm almost 40K. I'm supposed to I'm supposed to be good at learning from my mistakes at this point. It's a life skill. Okay. I'm still so bad at it. I, I the Dolphins were my lock of the week. I just had a feeling they're better than the page. This is the year. They mm-hmm. got destroyed. And This weekend, I'll shock you guys, you will not believe this. The Brants, we went apple picking. We went apple picking and we did the classic autumnal activity. I can't learn from my mistakes there either. We drive up to Poquag, New York. Poquag, it's a good hour. You pay for parking, you pay for admission, and every single year I do this. You go up, when you get in, there's the guy who sells the bags. And you can buy the big bag, like three bushels or something, and it's like 30 bucks. Or you can buy the little bag for 10. Every bleeping year, I buy the big bag because he talks to you and he like, says, you know, you're going to want it, you're here, you drove all this way, you might as well do the big one. We walk into the orchards, my kids pick up two apples and they're done. They want to go home and I'm left with the expensive bag with nothing in it, as if I'm going to go home and make a tart or yeah. something. I'm not doing anything with that bag. Every year I buy the bag. The Patriots are the big apple bag for me. you think I would know huh. after all this time. Idiot, don't buy the big bag. Your kids are two. They're not going to take 50 apples. I just had a feeling. I said, I don't care what the context of the Patriots have done 15 years ago, five years ago. This Miami team is better. So I will pledge to you guys now. I'm going to do it again. I'm a yo-yo dieter with the Patriots. <laughs> I will not doubt the Patriots for the rest of this entire year. I don't care wow. if they lose the next seven games. You're no matter. Let me, let me put this. They are going to the AFC title game. They're, I don't care if Gronk is hurt, I don't care what. <laughs> Brady and Belichick are out there. They are going to the AFC title game. I am yeah. saying this October 1st, no matter what happens. And it, guys, if I renege on this, if I start saying, I don't know, yeah. electric shock me, do anything you want, kick me, I am not going to give up on them. They are my apple bag, I'm getting the small one. Patriots title game. That's it. We
3: That's have, it. We have Mayfield, Darnold, Allen, Rosen all took losses in week four. For Baker Mayfield and Josh Rosen, uh, you know, it was their first impressions. They're welcome to the NFL on a starting quarterback level. But what sort of stuck out to you guys out uh, of these QBs?
5: What do you got? I feel cheated. I really? thought Josh Rosen okay. should have had his Josh Rosen moment uh-huh. and he didn't get the opportunity to have it. I feel like Mike McCoy and Steve Wilkes took the ball out of a kid's hands when he was playing so well in that fourth row. You saw the completion of Ricky Seals-Jones. Well, it's third and six. They're driving, and here's the play call that the Cardinals call. Well, Rosen is lighting it up third and six late. All right, what do we got here? Third and six. Go to Fitzgerald. Fitzgerald. Go to Fitzgerald. Fitzgerald. Go to Christian Kirk. Let's go. We're on the 29. What are we going to do? And the play call is this. Hand off up the gut. Set up the field goal. All right. And the next play, what happens with Russell Wilson waiting on the sidelines? What is the next play? Phil Dawson comes out. And you cannot rely on your kicker when your quarterback is playing like this. He comes out. I don't usually question play, calling. I just hated that. Let Rosen try to make a play on third and six. And that Let was him to try, try to get it. That was it. Russell Wilson comes out, makes a couple conversions. Sebastian Janikowski gets a 52 winner. Right. I think that could have been his Baker Mayfield moment really? at yes. home. They're 0-3. They took the ball out of his hands. They did the very safe thing, hand the ball off. I would have liked to see Josh Rosen given a shot to win it. So I thought Rosen played great. It's lost in the headlines. He should have had an opportunity. He didn't. Mm. And that's for 0-4. And speaking oh of gosh. moments,
2: I'm looking at Baker Mayfield. Last week he had his moment it was one hell of a moment. It seems like this young fella found himself. And then now he gets that first official start. And the moment was with the Raiders. And as much as we criticize the Raiders for what they weren't doing this season, They showed this rookie that, hey, you're just a rookie. They created four turnovers, and he had some great plays. I mean, you're looking at rope after rope after rope. I mean, it started with that pick six early in the game with the drop ball by Callaway, but he came back and made some plays. So, for me, it's looking at Baker Mayfield attached to that Raiders defense who basically humbled him a little bit and saying, okay, rhythm is one thing. Momentum is another thing. But going up against a defense who makes a rookie look like a rookie, that's going to show you what this league is about. So, Looking at Baker, now you're handling your first bit of adversity. Mm. How are you going to bounce back this upcoming week, and what are you going to show us going into week five? Browns look fun with them, though, huh? They do, so fun. (laughs) You know the biggest thing, inexplicably,
4: not our generation, but is watching other people play video games. That's huge watching baker feels like watching someone play madden i really mean that because he always wants the big play in madden you don't check it down you don't dump it off you go up top he threw a big interception in overtime where he wanted it all and it probably wasn't the smartest play but he just decided to unleash it here it is guys it's 45 40 42 at the time and he tried to just win the game with one throw. A couple throws, they'd probably get a field goal. He went for it. And the other thing in Madden that is also extremely arbitrary is the officiating. Sometimes they'll just decide it's a holding penalty and call back a play. It's a video game. Where did that come from? <laughs> The officiating in the yesterday was very arbitrary, game too. The spotting, the challenge was a huge fumble on Derek Carr that they invalidated out of nowhere. Yeah. So I hate referee radio, but yeah. if I'm Cleveland this morning, I'm furious.
3: Guys, here's where we're sitting after week four. We still have one more game to go, of course. The Bears, the Titans, the Bengals, and the Dolphins all have the same record. Which of these 3-1 and teams has surprised you the most? wants we'll to go first? Kyle. I'll go. All right.
4: I'm trying so hard this season to not judge anybody based on prior work. I'm trying to judge them based on their 2018 season.
3: That did not work out for you well with the Patriots. I'm just I got burned.
4: I said that based I think the Dolphins are gonna beat the Patriots. I'm trying so hard for the Bengals. Really hard, because they look good, but it's just My entire adult life, there's also been a yeah, but with the Bengals. Like, I think if you set up one of those shops in the mall and you had people come by do a blind taste test and they tasted the Bengals, they'd be like, wow, this is really good. And they'd be like, yeah, but it's the Bengals. Like, the Bengals? Come on now, they never get it done. (laughs) Trying to be constructive here. If you base the Bengals, I don't care, Marvin Lewis, that, or anything, John Kitna, Carson Palmer, all those guys, this Bengals team... Awesome win against the Ravens. Awesome win this week. Yeah. I think they're really good. And I like the way they play defense. And they still have the whole mix and factor who's out. So the 2018 Kyle Brandt deal is trying to judge people based on the last month alone, not the last 15 years. The Bengals
2: yeah. are fantastic, and I'm glad to see it. All right, I'll, I'll jump right in. I'll, I'll continue that food theme. I'm go on. looking at Chicago, and they're known for food there. And for me, I shop in bulk. You know, I got three kids, got the wife at home. So we go to the, the major, big, produce stores, and we love samples because that's the only way that you can get something identified with the food before you buy it. And looking at the Chicago Bears last year, I never wanted to buy. Never to buy. I looked at it and I was like, no, I've heard good things about the product. I don't like the brand. I'm good. It's just too much of investment. I'll buy something else. And then you look at the offense last year. I mean, there was a game where Mitchell Jabisky, I believe he completed four passes, was it, if I'm not mistaken? But then you hear about the same brand this season, and they add certain ingredients. And they're like, it's it's better. We're different now. We're different, and you know, we're healthier, and it's it has more flavor. And I'm yeah. like, really? Yeah, we added Allen Robinson and, and, and Tur- Turbo Ta- Taylor Gabriel and Trey Burton. I'm like, really? Okay, and you know what? Tariq Cohen has gotten better, and Jordan Howard's gotten mm-hmm. better. Mitchell Trubisky is starting to get it, and I'm like, what? Oh, and then we added the best seasoning of all, Khalil Mack on uh-huh. defense. And this really, I'm telling you, you have to try this product. So even this year, I have reservations. I've walked around and I grabbed that sample. I'm like. That's pretty good. She's, she's like, do you want to buy? No, no, I'm good. Let me go take another lap. i got to go buy some grandmother
4: stuff. in the shower cap? Yeah, with the shower show? cap. Yeah. And
2: then I come back, and, she, and I try to change my face. I'm like, you know <laughs> Can I get another one? <laughs> yeah. And she's Glasses like, yeah. Right. <laughs> and then uh, she, you know, I leave. I'm like, you know what? Let me think about it again. Then I come back, and I'm like, uh, <laughs> um, can I get me one more shampoo? No, that wasn't me. That was my cousin. There great. you go. Right? And she's like, yeah. And now, you know what? I'm buying it. Okay. I'm buying it. I don't know if I'm going to buy it in bulk and say that they're going to make it to the postseason. They're going to contend for a Super Bowl title. But I do love what the Chicago Bears are doing because for Mm -hmm. the first time, I saw every piece that they brought in in this Matt Nagy offense mesh. And it reminded me of what they're doing in L.A. with the Rams. Uh-huh. It reminded me of what they're doing in KC. Of course, like KC that. with the Chiefs.
3: What they're doing with the surrounding pieces doesn't surprise me, but surprises me that it's happening so quickly with a guy like Matt Nagy. In your first year as a head coach, my expectations are always sort of tempered. You said Malarkey obviously took them to the mm-hmm. playoffs. I'm talking Titans now. Vrabel is impressing me mm-hmm. so far. I mean, he's coming off back-to-back huge wins. I'm not going to say it. it's surprising. They have the weapons. Dion Lewis, obviously a factor, but yeah. their defense, top six, six in the league, sixth best. But you look with their offense they have the third lowest ranked offense going into week four it is very surprising for in this landscape where you're talking rams you're talking Nagy, you're talking everything that everybody's doing explosively on offense that a team that's sort of letting their defense carry them to this point is three and one so now you have mariota throwing for close to 350 yards two touchdowns he hasn't had that many yards since week nine of his rookie year you guys corey davis Tawan taylor with a huge fourth down conversion that we've been glowing about all day to sort of match that defense i feel like this is a team that. Can beat other teams not pretty, not explosive, but in a lot of different ways, which is in its own way more dangerous.
5: Mm. I'm going to double down with Kay on this one. I think the Titans are doing something now that, you know, those back-to-back wins are over the Eagles and the Jaguars. Those are contenders. These are not fluff games, and they both had to come and face adversity to do it. And what I love about the Titans is that they're playing with this aggressive nature. I talked about it earlier in the show, but they went for it on fourth down, different down. They've gone for it on fourth down seven different times through just four weeks. Vrabel's kind of like rolling the dice a little bit, knowing that the Jaguars are this dominant defense. We've already beaten them. You know, the Eagles that were down 14 points late, we can beat them. Mm-hmm. The sky is the limit, and I know Mariota's not your fantasy quarterback, and I know Mariota's not going to win MVP, and I know Mariota's not going to light up the sky. Mariota wins. Like, he wins. He gets the job. He won in KC in a playoff game, and he won yesterday. I tell you what, the Titans, I didn't necessarily think they were going to be one of these AFC contenders after changing coaches. They look awesome. They could win the AFC this season.
1: Mm -hmm. I'm with KB on this one. Although I didn't have to go apple picking to reach the conclusion, love them or hate them, no matter how you feel, the Patriots are always in the mix for a Super Bowl title. Well, they say to learn is to live, so let's live it up with what the breakfast crew learned after week four.
3: Kyle, Patton, leadoff? I'll these, do it. usually doesn't happen.
1: Biddy Clarkson, I'm going to get on base. Um, I learned this
4: week that we have one of the great young talents at the quarterback position that I'm so excited about, and I'm not, I'm not talking about Mahomes uh, or Goff or Wentz or Trubisky. Talking about Josh Rosen, I am so excited about the Josh Rosen experience because we know he can spin it. We know he can throw the ball, and he had to throw this last weekend, even in a loss that just blew all the darkroom guys away. This thing right here, you you say throw receivers open – I don't know if a lot of starting quarterbacks in this league could make that throw them in the league 10 years. That is a perfect pass. And there's a lot of people, Chris Collinsworth, Kurt Warner, Trent Dilfer, who can tell you all about the release point and the accuracy and all those great quarterback mechanics that they're way more qualified to talk about than me. There's something around the draft and the combine when you do hashtag arm talent. We know he has the arm talent. I can tell you, my friends about the fact that Josh Rosen has incredible generational face talents. He is incredibly talented from the chin-up. And I'm so excited for this because we're going to be watching this guy for a long time. And whether they win or lose, there's some quarterbacks that will always entertain Show him what I'm talking about. Show me with Josh Rosen in just this brief sample size. <laughs> now, here he is on the sideline, just a big old grizzly bear yawn, which uh-huh. I respected <laughs> because I said, again, he was a bad party, but the DJ wasn't good, and none of his friends were scoring, and he's young, and that's what people that day, that age do. They yawn. That's fine.
3: I'm not feeling challenged. That's
4: all right. got to challenge him. Now, this was after a game and an interception. And he does that little click shoulder thing, which is a little like the Jalen Ramsey, but that's only it doesn't bother him. And then last week... He's never in a plain face. He's never just sitting there. He's always reacting, whether he's challenged or challenging somebody else. I want someone who can entertain me. Maybe a lot of people in this country do not have a huge vested interest in the Arizona Cardinals. That could be. But you got a vested interest in entertainment, my friends, and I am already ready to put Josh Rosen up. I'm not. I know what? I don't want to get ahead of myself. Yeah. He's got face talent that could be with some of the Come absolute. Oh, it's Cutler. No, no. Let me show you okay. what the league Let's of extraordinary go. faces. I put him know. up there. Let's see what we got. <laughs> These are the goats. Now you're gonna go Philly. Riv is is, is the human That's Team good. America puppet. <laughs> That's good, good. Eli doesn't even try, and he does it. It's two-time Super Bowl champ. Cutler's probably goat. Cutler's probably goat, and then Rosen. <laughs> is really showing me something early. That on the right, that's a 158.3 face right that's there all day long. Because, again, if I'm sitting there and it's a slow Sunday and maybe the highlights aren't coming, if you show me Rosen's face, sideline, huddle, post game, pre pregame, I'm entertained. The Cardinals chose that for the face of their franchise. That is the face of my flat screen for the next 10 to 15 years. Josh Rosen, incredible face talent. I think the arm talent. I like that, man. Rosen
3: has no name, the Hall of Faces.
4: That's great, Kay. We need to put him there. <laughs> I was
3: waiting the for The many-faced you. God. I was waiting for you to do it. Hey. It's just been too long since Game of Thrones. I'm
4: rusty as hell. That's the, the many-faced God is Josh Rosen.
2: Thank you, Adam. He's That's the, the, many-faced the many-faced God. God. I love it. What I learned is that Alvin Kamara deserves to be in the best running back in the NFL conversation okay. because he is watching the throne and he wants the crown. And since his name is Alvin, what I'm going to do is give you three, quote, three quotes by Alvin's that I know to help illustrate just how good he is. All right, All right first off, fictional character, Alvin Mack from the program. We all love him, right? He once said, all you need to know is how to sign an NFL contract, period. Listen, Alvin Kamara, he did just that, and within his first two seasons, demonstrated a high football IQ by grasping the playbook cover to cover, silencing the whispers of those who doubted that he can be a three down back by doing more than just running the ball. Now, Speaking of doing more, the second Alvin that I know is my oldest brother, Alvin II, Alvin Jr., as most people know him by. He once told me when I was drafted, change the game and leave your mark. And that quote, it reminds me of some of the Hall of Fame game changers at that position. Jim Brown. Yeah, baby. Mm. Jim Brown was the first to combine pure power, talking about absolute power, as you're seeing right now, and lightning speed as he runs away from defenders, oh, Barry Sanders oh, oh, displayed agility and quickness. I mean, in the most graceful. <laughs> That's <after laughs> <watching, right laughs> your In the most graceful <laughs> way. Marshall Fall. That's so awesome. He revolutionized the position by catching out of the backfield, really better than most wideouts you would watch at that time. Nobody was better at that. Now, now I know, I know you're saying that Alvin is too young to compare to the greats, but you aren't paying attention if you don't see the fact that he's walking in their footsteps, proving that having a true hybrid running back receiver is harder to find than your keys before rushing out the door. Now, speaking of keys, the last Alvin is my father hmm. who gave me a key that I'll never forget. He constantly reminds me that the key to success it's just simply being the best. And whether you thought last year Le'Veon Bell was the best back in the league or, like me, Todd Gurley is the best back this season, statistically, you have to respect Alvin who tops all running backs and receiving yards and catches, plus he's the league leader in total yards and touchdowns. So until he is dethroned, I refer to him not as Alvin but as King Kamara. So that right there is what I learned. Alvin Kamara, my brother, I see you.
3: All right, so what I learned is that, listen, there's a long storied history of post-victory celebrations. Everything from... I don't know your standard dance party or your standard—I don't know—just a game ball, sure. eating the turkey on NBC, all of that. Uh, there's Brady, you know, just the the standard champagne shower yep. post World Series. A lot of that where right he's Got now. those goggles on that you wore in you know chemistry in seventh grade. It's like Dave uh, Brown getting Jim yes, it is. and a Gatorade shower. Like, Charles you know, Wade. We, we get all of these, but what I learned after four weeks of the 2018 season is that the Chicago Bears win at winning let me show you what I mean guys take a look at this oh. All right here we go mm. uh, this mm-hmm, this is the Chicago Bears dancing they're not in the club they're not at one Oak. they're not at the new town in Chicago no 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 they are in Their locker room, which we love, but also I have a lot of questions. I've never been in a locker room. Nate, have you that has lighting like this? No,
2: never. Yeah. Mm -hmm.
3: A disco ball, bumping the beats. This is what the Chicago Bears are doing after wins. That's crazy. Drake's helped me do a bit of a deep dive here to say what is going on, because they're sort of roguely posting this on Instagram. And what we found out is that our guy, Swaggy Naggy, went to a Cubs game, went and hung out with the Cubs and he became the head coach in Chicago. And their GM, Joe Madden gave him one piece of advice and he says, enjoy the winning live in the moment or something like that is basically the message that he sent and Nagy took that to heart and said we're going to celebrate the hell out of every win that we score so he is the equipment manager tony medlin hook up strobe lights (laughs) five minutes before like at the end of the games when they're like looks like they're winning and hooks them up and for a full five minutes six minutes seven minutes they have an all-out dance party they call it club dub guys i tried to secure (laughs) an invitation there was this flyer going around restricted I don't know if we can get in. I'm trying to, hopefully we can, like, weasel our way in. Uh, <laughs> get clubbed up, oh, but I, not me thinking. Yo! Is, wow! Yeah. Apparently Josh Bellamy, yeah. no joke, is the DJ. The best dancers uh, are Taylor Gabriel and Tariq Cohen. A little so, smoking trade there. Yeah, why don't you come up here and show me what Mitchell Trubisky's dance move is here.
4: Sure, Mitchell Trubisky, I got that one easy. Mitchell Trubisky. Be careful there. Yeah, I got it. it yeah, it's all right. Careful, that's it. That's all day, baby. All right.
3: I ain't no well, Deshaun Watson, it. Nate. Guys, That's the same like After we have really good shows, we should all be in Club Dub.
4: That's it. That's it. Get in there,
3: Nate. Do the heavy lifting <laughs> for me.
1: I definitely want to go to Club Dub with the gang. We do some damage there. I know that. But can you picture Schrags doing the centipede on the dance floor? I certainly can. And I know KB would be joining in as well. Well, the league is full of players and personalities, as we know, who don't always get the love they deserve. And that's where Good Morning Football comes in. Let's find out the stories we should have been paying attention to with this week's underappreciated storylines.
3: You know, we show the superstars and the playmakers, but we like to carve out some time to share storylines around the league that aren't getting enough love. We dig deep for these ones, Mm -hmm. and we call them our underappreciated storylines. Yeah,
2: I dug deep for this one, so I'll start this thing off. Let's get this thing going. So my underappreciated story this week. It's about blocking. Okay. Now, we all love a good big old boy blocking, yep. right? And <laughs> i have probably watched this Andrew Whitworth two-for-one special about a thousand so times already. Check this out. Ah, <laughs> boom, 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 knocking him down like bowling pins. But blocking isn't always left for the guys on the line. Sometimes a quarterback, a running back, or a wide receiver lays down a block that reminds us of the universal truth about football players just like Olivia Newton-John. We just want to get physical. Oh, yeah! All right, now great let video. me show you wow. what I mean. Love All right, great this video, week, huh? Russell oh, yeah. Wilson. Awesome, great video. I was just looking at it, the commercial break. <laughs> Nuts. All right, let's think about. It. So here's the thing, Russell Wilson. When they went down to Arizona, uh, while he might have had a great day in the air, his true shining moment was this one with the a runner moving downfield. Russell looked at the offensive line and said, "This is how it's yeah, done." Russ? Okay. Russ, wow. I see you, wow. Russ, getting into action. Check him out right here, leading the way. Pushing Bethesda down. That's what it is. It flex on him a little bit. Yeah, Russell Wilson. Anybody... no little ragdoll oh, either. Mean, I love it. No, for real. <laughs> one of the hardest hitting safeties we got in this league. Russell Wilson, I see you, man. They see you dancing in the Sierra, Sierra hey. videos. Let them know, Russ, they shouldn't get down and get dirty. All right, here we go. Last week, though, the Texans. Check this out. Russ wasn't the only one. They were hosting the Giants. Deshaun Watson dumps it off to DeAndre and then goes straight for Kerry mm. Win and lays a smack yeah. Okay, I see you and just listen to the announcers react to this block My guy, Rondé, one of the yeah. hardest-hitting DBs this game has ever seen. But that's what I'm talking about, Deshaun Watson. Now, QBs aren't the only ones getting in the block party. Check out Antonio Callaway waving over Tyrod like, yo, yo, I got you. Come over here, bro. Mm-hmm. Watch watch my guy get a nice hey. block. Put somebody on their back. Now, this last one, though, it might be my favorite. What though. do you got? Now, now, we know the Bears' defense can throw people down. But what about their wide receivers? Kevin White. With the flying shoulder, okay. check this oh, out right here. You're gonna see my guy Kev get busy and yeah, get down and dirty. That's <laughs> exciting. I, I, like I love it. I know he is working out this offseason, season, but damn, Kevin! Damn, Kevin! <laughs> out here looking like him, bison Woo! with that psycho crusher block. And so, bison to all the skill position players out there making blocks. I'm picking up what you're putting down, or shall I say, what you're knocking down mm. out there, getting them big blocks for your teammates. That's That's my business. Great
3: job, Nate. That was
2: awesome. Russell Wilson, Kevin White, everybody in between.
4: That's perfect. Um, Patrick Mahomes is not (laughs) underappreciated
3: at this point. Okay. Thank God he's taken over
4: the league. However, there is one aspect of him that is, and I'll put this in the parlance of Kansas City's terms: we now find out that come to find out, he is not only Brett Saberhagen, he's also Larry Gura. What I mean is, he can go right and left. We all (laughs) saw the left-handed pass that he did the other night, and we reveled about it and how cool it is and everything. But I don't think we understand how hard that is. Now, someone who maybe hates the Chiefs or is tired of Mahomes might say, ah, big deal, I used to do a little switch hitting in high school. I still do the left-handed layups in my rec league on Tuesday nights. You can ball up my socks left-handed into the hamper. It ain't that, my friend. It is very difficult. And to prove to you guys how difficult it is, would you like to come on a journey with yes, Of other quarterbacks who yes. tried Get exactly what Pac Mahomes did. Okay. Let's go to 2015. Mm. All right. Guys who decided to throw it with their off hand. Teddy Bridgewater out there against the Packers in Lambeau Field. Teddy, don't do it. Left-handed throw. And terrible. Intercepted over the middle of the field. Not even close, guys. Blooper uh, music. We got crazy. Yeah, we might great. as well have uh, Ed McMahon and Dick Clark doing the <laughs> bloopers and practical jokes. Left-handed throw. Terrible idea yeah. by Teddy Bridgewater. Otherwise, very good quarterback.
3: Sack too.
4: But he ain't the only one. And by the way, Mahomes getting chased by Von Miller True. in the clip. Not Let's go to Denver. 2014. Jay Cutler, Jay, what are you gonna do? Oh. He throws it, guys. <laughs> this ball hit the ref in the in the crutchel region, Cr- right over the middle. Cutler, who's made no, every what? throw, the crutchel region, actually hits <laughs> the ref, boink, right in the middle. Uh. Terrible decision. Let's go to 2010. Wow. Eli Manning has two Super Bowl rings. He's in the red zone. He's at the goal line. No, Eli. Eli, don't do it. Don't do it, Eli! He's got to find Kevin Boss! Intercepted. Terrible play. Awful. I get when Boss is waving for the ball in the end zone, you try to get it to him. But look at Eli. Look at the face talent on him. I said this yesterday about Josh Rosen. Uh, Goes to the left hand, uh, avoiding the rush. Just an absolutely awful play by Eli's mates. Look at Benny Hill music. This is fantastic. Well, I, I present you a grand finale. <laughs> 2002 Gus Farratt. Bengals Gus Ferrat. Bengals Gus Frat. Rowling, going to try to make a play just like Mahomes? No. I'm intercepted by a Browns D lineman. Wow. Terrible, terrible play. Guys, it's really the cardinal sin. I tried to find guys who do it successfully. These are the ones that come up, and Patrick Mahomes not only did it with one of the scariest men in football chasing him, he found Tyreek, he found it in stride, and they moved the chains. So, what have we learned that's underappreciated about Patrick Mahomes? He is a marketer's dream he is going to be a superstar because he's young he's cool middle america and come to find out he works with the right and the left <laughs> that's it taking over the lead guys patrick mahomes we found something underappreciated left-handed throws what else
3: matter. you need to see him do
4: I want to see – you know what? I have not seen the big, big bomb in a regular regular season season game. game, I want to see the 70-yarder he did in the preseason. I feel like he's been all these precision
5: passes. I want the bomb from NFL Bliss.
4: I
3: don't think Jalen Ramsey wants to hear that. this week. Probably not. Peter, what do you got?
5: Yeah, okay. Uh, Earl Thomas' middle finger to the Seahawks bench on Sunday meant a lot of things. Much of it uh, is for another time and place. But as I said on Monday's show, it also signified – the official end of one of the greatest units at any position this league has ever seen. Though the writing's been on the wall the past two years, that middle finger marked the end of the Legion of Boom. For the first time since Pete Carroll and John Schneider took over the Seahawks, there will be no Richard Sherman, no Earl Thomas, no Brandon Browner, no Camp Chancellor anywhere in sight on Sunday when they take on the Rams. But before we move on to the next set of Seattle defensive backs or discuss Thomas's next team, I wanted to take just a small minute here to just put into words how good, how fun, how awesome the Legion of Boom was. When I started doing sideline reporting for Fox, the Legion of Boom was just kind of coming into its own. And my God, were they a fun foursome to watch up close. Sherman was always the talker. Earl was always the scud missile. Cam was the leader. And Brandon Browner was this towering cornerback with this wild CFL backstory that came to punish offensive players. They were as thick as thieves, these guys, both on the field and off of it. And when you were up close... They were a sight to behold. I remember working a Thursday night game in Arizona, and right around the time, they were truly kind of hitting their stride and coming into their own. And Deion Sanders was there strolling the sidelines as a correspondent for the NFL Network. In between plays in an otherwise non-competitive blowout, fourth quarter, Earl Thomas and Richard Sherman were shouting to Primetime, saying, come on, Prime, you see this? You watching us? You watching this? They were calling out a legend, and they had all that confidence and bravado then, early on in their career. I remember working a Monday night football game in Washington, going to the locker room after a dominant win and seeing that those four guys had customized bath mats in front of each of their lockers. And the bath mats (laughs) read L-O-B. And each of the defensive backs had their own initials embroidered on to the bath mat. These guys traveled with customized bath mats. (laughs) That is how good, that is how confident they were. Yes, they talked, but they backed it up. Among them... Among those four players, they compiled six All-Pro nods, 15 Pro Bowls, 236 regular season wins, 40 postseason appearances, and most importantly, four Super Bowl rings with the Seattle Seahawks. We are in a 24-7 medium this day and age. We are so quick to shut the door, turn the page, talk about the next thing. I just want to take a moment, just a moment, Mm -hmm. to honor the Legion of Boom because in this new offensive pass-happy era of NFL football, we may never, ever See another group of defensive backs
2: like them. So good, man. I'll I'll tag briefly. As a wide receiver, they were as scary as scary gets. You respect one guy, but then they have another guy, stacked on top of another guy on another guy. I oftentimes look at them as like heavyweight fighters because they talk like Muhammad Ali. They had the humility. You know, started with Earl Thomas, like Lennox Lewis, but they hit harder than Mm -hmm. Tyson. And that right there to any wide receiver, I don't care how good you were, every time you played them – you have to worry about all three things. So, man, great job, bro. That's awesome. That was a legendary R-I-P-L-O-B. group.
3: R-I-P-L-O-B. <laughs> a lot of R-P-L-O-B. defenses have, like, a, a good year, a good yeah, – to it. me it was an era. an era. How did they keep this defense going – so dominantly for so long that we might never see it. So for tight, sure.
5: so we know about the Crabtree yeah. and the Sherman stuff, but all four of those guys had their own kind of thing. And Richard Sherman wasn't the only member. Four players, all awesome, dominant defensive backfield.
3: I'm gonna talk about offense. Give it to okay. us. <laughs> for my unofficiated storyline, because I want to talk about Georgia, a state that's given us some great things. Kyle, Tyler, Perry. Jimmy Carter, okay. two chains. I could go on, but I want to focus on the University of Georgia and the incredible running backs that they've gifted us in the nfl since pretty much the beginning of time first of course herschel walker heisman winning two-time pro bowler over eight thousand career rushing yards just feast your eyes on him he was a monster (laughs) yeah then you've got terrell davis heard of him yeah he's a hall of famer two super bowl rings and a super bowl mvp for td now a friend of ours at nfl network and right now in this current era yes we have todd Gurley, the reigning offensive player of the year who's on his way to another uh, incredible, incredible season. But I told you guys about those guys, mm-hmm. those players, so that I could tell you about these guys, the future of running backs from Georgia. Not only, look at these two, nice. Sony Michelle and backs. Nick Chubbs. Yep, nice. next-gen backs. Not only did they score their first NFL touchdowns, on the same day, week four of the NFL season, Brown, uh, Nick Chubb, and Sony Michelle combined for 217 rushing yards and mm. three touchdowns. How about them dogs? <laughs> Love it. Chubb and Michelle are second and third, respectively, on Georgia's all-time rushing list, and they did it together That's the sweet. same year while splitting a backfield. Like in in a history that has Herschel Walker and TD. It's unbelievable to me, and it's not just that they went to the same school. These It's a bromance for the ages. These guys are great friends. They're constantly retweeting each other or just showing each other support in different ways. They're supportive on the field as well. Take a look at one of these tweets. Yeah, can we feature Nick Chubb now after that breakout game? So Nick Chubb in the preseason, remember, scored a touchdown. Sonny Michelle coming off a bit of a knee injury, didn't, you know, wasn't out there playing, and he copped his celebration. That is the Sonny Michelle. Jazz hands, finger celebration in honor of his guy who wasn't on the field quite yet. This might be my favorite friendship in the NFL. Sorry, Jules and Tom Brady. These two Bulldogs, they're starting to make a name for themselves, and I think that we all have to just sort of be ready and be prepared to be saying these names a lot over the next few years and a few weeks in the season. I like that. These Georgia running nice. backs. And
5: it goes even Ooh. deeper. You know, Garrison Hurst, Noshaw Mourinho. Oh, yeah. I like Gary. Like, there are so many. And those guys are two and three. That's incredible. Just
3: look at their Instagrams in they're, they're oh, they're, fa- fa- fasties. Fasties. and stuff. It's cute. They're besties. Because they're bros. And
4: if we really wanted to piss off Twitter, we would say that they are officially running back you. Because then everybody comes Ooh. storming. Ohio State is, Miami. In. LSU is <laughs> in. Miami is
1: in. Miami is in. are there's the Dogs go like 12 deep. It's incredible. Now, you know your OGs when you have your own bath mats on the road, and that's what members of the Legion of Boom were. Hashtag respect. Well, thanks for tuning in to the Good Morning Football podcast. Make sure to subscribe on all our channels and come back tomorrow for some more fun. So from all of us here at GMFB, have a good
0: morning and a great day. You go into your shower feeling tired.